Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcon's Flyover. John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. John Chuckery Show. Coming to you live here on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. I guess we're uh, changing producers midway through. Um, we just we, we, we have a cavalcade of stars. So yeah, now we've got I'm Dom right. DeLuise in. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, uh, we'll we'll tone down the inappropriateness now that Oren's leaving. Um, so we usually do that uh, for when Oren is here. But anyway, uh, this should not look at all things Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it is the Falcons flyover. So I'm doing an experiment right now, Dom. So I, I'm I've only gotten through about half the league. So I've got the top 15 sack teams in the NFL plus the Falcons. So I'm I'm through 16 teams. So I'm going game by game by game for the for the top 15 sack teams okay. and the Falcons, okay? Because okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to run an experiment to see how this looks all across the league, okay? So there have for the top 15 sack teams and the Atlanta Falcons, there have been 87 games played where those teams sacked the quarterback four or more times, okay? Okay. 87 games, four or more sacks that the, that the that the team's defense accumulated. Okay, right. what do you think the record is in those 87 games that have been played? The 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 re- overall record in 87 games the team, where the team got four or more sacks. Four or more sacks. I'm gonna say they were close to 87 and 0. No. No? 69 and okay. 18. 69 and 18 is not yeah. bad, though. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty, okay. pretty damn good, actually. So, if, if, so again, I, I, I love when people tell me about sacking the quarterback, it doesn't matter, or this, that, and the other, and all that kind of stuff. The top 15 teams in the Falcons. The Falcons, by the way, are only 2-2 two and two in games where they've sacked the quarterback four or more times. The league in the top 15 plus the Falcons, 69-18. Would that be a good record? Like, if you – Went a stretch. Like, would your head coach be around if you went sixty nine <laughs> and eighteen? Yeah. Oh. yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay. So again, I'm not, I'm not through the whole thing. But every time I do one of these experiments, they always prove out to show you the value of sacking the quarterback, and that's been my big bugaboo. And the Falcons have done a much better job this year. They might get to forty sacks. 
They have a great shot. They've got 36, and they have Justin Fields and Derek Carr or whoever is quarterback in the, you know, the the Saints nowadays. So they've they've got a definite shot. But again, when you look at when you look at the Steelers' offense, their offense doesn't score as many points per game. They have a first-round quarterback that's a bum. That no, you're a Pittsburgh fan. Nobody wants him. They'd rather have Mason Rudolph and all these other guys and I, Mitch Trubisky and guys yeah, like that yeah. than they have than they have Pickett. But why? Because they can sack the quarterback. Their defense is outstanding because they change up the dynamic of the game in sacking the quarterback. They create down and distance nightmares for the other team's offense. It's not hard, folks. You can sack the quarterback. You can figure it out. Do that one thing on defense. And you can find your way to success in the NFL. For as piss poor as the Falcons quarterbacking position has been, okay, they still have a shot to win their division. I don't care how bad it is. You win in the NFL, you win in the NFL. So anyway. All right, pro football focus grades from the Colts' uh, victory for the Falcons. Uh, here's your top five offensive players. Tyler Algier was an 86-4. Cordero Patterson was an 85-7. Storm Norton, who had a really good game, was an 85-3. Scotty Miller, a 76-1. And Bijan, a 74-3. So you got three of the top five that were running backs and your right tackle. That means you probably ran the football successfully. Yeah, they ran it for 5.9 yards per, per, per carry. They came into that game averaging four yards per carry. They were four point, and this is one of the things I was talking to d about. They were 4.9 yards per carry last year running the football. They came into this game on Sunday averaging four yards per attempt. So they were almost a full yard. Now think about that. When you're the second most rushing team, they're on pace to run it about five, or I should say the difference between the yards per carry this year and last year is going to amount to almost 500 yards difference. So you say, well, it's only one yard per carry. Yeah, but when you run the football, you know, 400 times, it adds up. And right now they're like 384 yards with that one yard less per carry. That's a big difference. If you can accumulate 500 more yards on offense, that's a big deal, even over the course of 17 games. Uh, here's your top five on defense. Uh, Zach Harrison was an 86. He's played outstanding the last couple of weeks. Mikhail London was an 84.5. Caden Ellis and Jesse Bates were both an 81.8. And Calais Campbell was an 80.7. Look, they had six sacks and the Bates turnover, and they were outstanding. And, and after that first, uh, that early touchdown drive by Minshew, they could not get anything figured out. And again, the Colts had come in. They had the second most wins over the last six weeks next to the 49ers. 49ers have been 6-0 in their last six games. Colts were 5-1. That was a quality team. And they found a way to just not just beat them but dominate. Uh, Some of the other notables, Kyle Pitts was a 70.6. Lindstrom was a 66.8. Jake Matthews a 64.2. Drake London a 61.1. Tucker Fisk was a 34.5. A.J. Terrell a 72-7. Clark Phillips was a 67-1. And Jeff Okuda was a 47-3. Now, speaking of guys like Clark Phillips and stuff uh, on this team, 
So it looks like, and we were talking with D-Led about this too, DeMarco Hellams is now playing over Richie Grant, and Clark Phillips is also playing over Jeff Okuda. Now that doesn't necessarily bode well for Grant especially um, because, again, they if, if they can, you know, again, use Mike Hughes, Clark Phillips, you know, what have you. I mean, guys that can be corners or safeties. I don't know how well that bodes for Richie Grant moving forward. This may be his last year as a Falcon. Now, we'll talk more about that in just a second. But, again, Helms is a guy who's been you, – you've, you've almost got to play him. He's, he's played well enough that you don't want to take snaps away from him and Clark Phillips as well. Clark Phillips has done a lot of good things. Now, again, I don't know how much that ter- that gets into long-term success, whether Phillips or Helms can be the long-term answer, but at least in the short term, they're playing much better. But as I brought this up to Oren, that 2021 draft class, that first draft class, you know, for as good as everybody's talking about this year's draft class, that first one that's Pitts, Grant, Jalen Mayfield, Drew Dahlman, Darren Hall, um, really it's becoming that maybe the best pick of that draft in 2021 might be Avery Williams. And I'm saying that over Kyle Pitts. He might be the most valuable draft pick in that first draft with Terry Fontenot. Avery Williams. Because you see how bad our punt return team is. They stink. <coughs> Whether it's D. Alford, Mike Hughes, whoever's out, Scotty, whatever. Our punt return game stinks. And we were one of the better punt return teams in the NFL last year with Avery Williams. You could make a case that Avery Williams is the best draft pick from that first draft. And I'm saying that over Grant, Pitts, Dolman, guys that have been starters for this franchise. Anyway, here's your offensive line rankings um, going into week uh, 17. So the Philadelphia Eagles are number one. Detroit's number two. Uh, let's see, who do they say their best player is? Oh, Panay Sewell. So Sewell remains the highest-graded offensive tackle in the NFL by a significant margin. Huh. Now, is that good? Is that, let me see, let me, let me, let me repeat this. He remains the highest-graded offensive tackle in the NFL by a significant margin. By a significant margin. Do, do, <laughs> do, could we have used a right tackle a couple years ago? Absolutely. Could use could, one now. Could we have gotten our hands on him? Yeah. Huh. Huh. Okay. Uh, who'd we pick? Say Kyle Pitts. Yeah, we, we, we took a tight end. Huh? The unicorn. What? The, the unicorn tight oh, end, Kyle you mean, Pitts. You mean Michael Pruitt? <laughs> yeah, him. The Ravens are number three. The Buffalo Bills are number four. And coming in at number five is the Atlanta Falcons. So here's what they got to say about <clears> – excuse me. Here's what they say about the uh, the Falcons. Um, center Drew Dahlman and right guard Chris Lindstrom both return to the starting lineup against the Colts following injuries. However, left tackle Jake Matthews exited the game in the fourth quarter with a knee injury. Right tackle Storm Norton was a force to reckon with in run blocking against Indianapolis. Norton earned a 90.6 run blocking grade against the Colts, which led all offensive tackles in week 16. Now, is this good, Dom? I'm, I'm trying to see here. <clears throat> Lindstrom's 87.8 pro football focus overall grade this season 
leads all guards. Let me repeat that. Lindstrom's 87.8 pro football focus grade overall leads all NFL guards. Is that a good thing? So what would happen if we had Lindstrom and Sewell on the right-hand side of our offensive line? Seems like you'd be pretty solid. <sighs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh, by the way, Young Way Koo was the NFC Offensive Special Teams Player. I should say NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. So there you go. All right, Chad Bishop covers Georgia Tech for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When we get back, we'll put a bow on what was a really successful season for Brent Key and Tech. Sports Radio, 92 on the game and the Odyssey.com app. Nighttime is the right time to talk sports. That's a euphemism, right? It's John Chuckery and more of the Nightcap. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuck Show. Hanging out at the Key Studios on this Wednesday night with you. 404-726-0929. Did you see this? Uh, have you seen this on Showtime? I believe it is. The the like the the impact of thriller. Like there's a whole documentary uh-uh. about the thriller. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Look, check it out. It, okay. It's 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 awesome. I mean, it's I still say off the wall was better, but um, <laughs> but that's another argument for yeah. another day. So uh speaking of being better, certainly that was the case for Georgia Tech. This year, and we head out to the waitfor.com hotline, Lennis Ford dealer. We talked to our buddy Chad Bishop. He, of course, follows uh, and is the beat writer for Georgia Tech for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his great work, and he is on Twitter at Mr. Chad Bishop. And Chad, uh, always appreciate uh, the time. Thanks uh, for spending the season with us as we kind of put a bow and uh, look back on um, everything that was tech football this year. Yeah, no problem, and uh, I didn't know that about the Michael Jackson Thriller show. I'm going to check that out. It, um, it is phenomenal. I mean, they they go through the whole making, and again, I I, I it, it's it's a it's great because again, it's it's like the first mega album you know that I remember. Um, but it, it's if you get a chance to watch it on, I I think it's on Showtime or something like that. If you get a chance, definitely watch it. I'm going to do it tonight, and I'll, I'll text you and let you know. There you go. All right. So, <laughs> you know, Chad, I mean, people talk about, you know, the, the journey and, you know, the, the pathway and all this kind of stuff. But here's what I say. 
sports is a results-oriented business, and the pathway of how they got there wasn't pretty at times, but at the end of the day, Tech did what it had to do, it won the games it had to, and it had a great performance as a come-from-behind victory in the bowl game. And it gives a lot of optimism to next year because, again, it was not smooth at times this year, but the net result at the end of the day was what really counted, and they got it done. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, a 7-6 and six for Georgia Tech looks way different than a 7-6 and six for Miami, right. might look, right? I mean, you know, this team starting out, you know, 4-4, four and four, they were 2-3 and three at one point, 3-4 and four at one point, uh, got blown out by Boston College and blown out by Bowling Green, and you're thinking, man, you know, what, what's going on with this program? Even maybe some rumblings, you know, is Brent Key even the right guy for the job? Uh, but they stuck to it and had a really good win against North Carolina and followed that up with a win at Virginia, put themselves in position to get to a bowl game, handled business against Syracuse to get to bowl eligibility, you know, played really well against Georgia, right? And then went down against the UCF team, which I thought on paper UCF was a better football team talent-wise uh, and some of the results that they had. But Central Florida got away from their game plan. Georgia Tech stuck with theirs just like they had done for the, for the better half, of, especially the second half of the season and pulled out the win to finish up 7-6. and six. And, again, that looks way different for, for Georgia Tech than it does some programs. Propels them into 2024 with a lot of momentum. Got a lot of talent coming back. Got their head coach coming back and a lot of offensive coaches coming back. So, yeah, it's a huge stepping stone for that program. Like I said, doesn't really matter how they got to 7-6. and six. They got there, uh, and now they got to build on it in 2024. You know, um, I, I got no problem with Mike Norvell being the ACC Coach of the Year and I'll be honest with you, Chad, I think he should be national coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how good a year Florida State had. And, and even without, you know, their quarterback, uh, again, I think they got screwed in the playoffs, but that's another discussion for another day. I don't have a problem with that. I don't even have a problem with Brom at number two. I thought Brent Key, though, should have been third in ACC coach of the year, probably even over Dave Dorn, who's, you know, been one of the more underachieving, I mean, for – for some of the talent that they've had at, at NC State, it's been one of the more underachieving programs. But I thought Brent Key deserved a little bit more love in the ACC Coach of the Year voting. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of times those awards are sort of hard to put your finger on, right? You know, do you give that award to the coach who met expectations, whose team was expected? Do you give it to Nick Saban every year, right? Because right. you know Alabama is going to be one of the best teams, or Kirby Smart, or do you give it to a guy like Brent Key? or, or uh, you know, Missouri's coach or something like that, uh, maybe a, a coach who defied expectations. But, yeah, I mean, Frank Key did a masterful job because it wasn't just X's and O's based, right? It was keeping this, you know, for lack of a better term, a hodgepodge team. I mean, they got yes. guys who signed up to play for Paul Johnson still on that roster. They got transfers. They got all these guys who signed up to play for Jeff Collins, and he's sort of merging them together uh, and mixing in a few of his own recruits even. Um, and when they were three and four, you know, after that loss to Boston College at home, I mean, let's be honest, they could end the season three and nine, you know, so to yeah. sort of stay the course and, um, you know, you heard the kids all season long. I, I know a lot of kids say, you know, we love our coach. And we're going to play for our coach. But I thought there, there was some genuine discourse there from the, from the kids saying we love Coach Key and he's our guy. We got his back. Um, and, and I think he has a really, really good rapport with his kids. And so for him to rally the troops and get them to a winning record in a bowl game. Yeah. I mean, he, he did a really fine job in 2023. Chad Bishop is the Georgia Tech beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He joins me here on the WaitFor.com hotline. All right, let's look ahead to next year. In all honesty, um, 
boy, you look at Drake Mays probably going to the NFL. He's probably going to be one of the top three or four picks in the NFL draft. Um, you know, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, when you when you look at the quarterback landscape, um, you know, it's going to be a lot different in the ACC. Again, you know, it's not just, you know, Jordan Travis, but Riley Leonard's already transferring out of Duke. Um, Tyler Van Dyke uh, is, you know, leaving. I, I, I wonder if there's a real chance that Haynes King could come in preseason first team all ACC. And I know that transfer portals and things change on a dime, but if you look at the season Haynes King had and what he meant to this, and you and I have talked a lot about this, but I wonder if he wouldn't come in as the number one, you know, first team all ACC quarterback. And and maybe again, this is the best position Tech has been in since really outside of Joe Hamilton. I don't remember a time when you felt as good at quarterback as you do going into a season. Well, you guys know as well as I do. I mean, quarterback play is so important in, in today's modern football, all levels, right? I mean, it's not like back when we were growing up and you could have a quarterback who hands it off, you know, 50 to 60 times a game and you could win 10 games a season. Uh, and Haynes King is is right up there at that elite level. Yeah, he's he can get better, and I think he will get better. But given the landscape, like you said, of the ACC, with the numbers he put up, uh, his commitment to Tech, to stay to Tech, uh, I thought what was telling to me is when I asked him about the NFL, he said, yeah, that's what he's training for. So, you know, in the back of his head, he's trying to get better so he can put himself on NFL radars. And if he does that, yeah, he's definitely going to be a top, top of the line, top level quarterback, not only the ACC in the country. He, he threw too many interceptions this year. Um, I thought his decision-making was great. Uh, he, I thought, you know, his completion percentage was outstanding. He showed he could run the ball. So, yeah, if he stays healthy, I mean, this team is going to rally behind him in 24, just like they did in 23. And it's going to put Tech right in the hunt uh, by, by year's end. It's, it, it's going to put them in every single game that they play, have an incredibly tough schedule. But with Haynes King, I mean, they got to feel incredibly confident that with this guy at the helm, they can pretty much go toe-to-toe with any opponent they step on the field with. And, Chad, when I look at him, I, I, I 100% agree, and I was going to bring this point up. You know, the, six, the, the 27 touchdowns is fantastic, but the 16 interceptions, you've got to cut that – number down, especially in modern college football. Like that's for, for, for the way college football is played nowadays. I mean, again, you have quarterbacks that throw three, four interceptions in an entire year. I'm not saying he's got to be that, but he's got to cut down on the 16 interceptions. And I wonder, I know he can run and I know he likes to run and he averaged six yards per attempt, but does it behoove Georgia Tech to let him run it 120 times? I mean, he's their <laughs> second leading ball carrier and you know, again, he's he's. It's not like Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, that that's a that's a whole different animal. You know, or Cam Newton or somebody like that. I don't know if him running it another 120 times and being their second leading rusher also is the best thing for Tech. It's it's a catch 22 in football, right? Like you, you put your quarterback in that run game and he gets popped a couple of times. All it takes is a separated shoulder, you know, or a hit to the thigh. You know, he's out for the rest of the game. Uh, what's interesting to me about the interception total is you know, Brent Key said it. Uh, I think there was a player during the season, I can't remember who said it, that uh, Haynes King reminds him of Brett Favre. And as good as Brett Favre was, we all know Brett Favre was, you know, had a tendency to throw a pick or two. Now, granted, Haynes King, those 16 interceptions, not all were his fault. And as a quarterback, not all interceptions are your fault. Receivers run wrong routes. Balls get tipped. Um, you know, I remember one the one against, uh, I believe it was Boston College, where the kid caught it on the back of his thigh. Mm-hmm. The defensive back yeah. caught it. Um, 
So, yeah, but, but again, that's still too many. And he has a tendency. Uh, I remember the play against North Carolina where he threw the two-point conversion, you know, it was almost into triple coverage in the back of the end zone, and his tight end brought it in. It was an amazing throw, an outstanding throw, but there was a little bit of that Brett Favre-ness there, like you're holding your breath. So there, there's got to be a little bit of that catch-22 of being the gunslinger, being the playmaker, pulling it down and running and, and giving it all for your team, but also cutting down on the turnovers and giving your team more of a chance instead of maybe being a 10-point game, now you're up by 17 or 20. You know, when you look uh, ahead to next year as well, you know, Kyle Kennard's already committed to South Carolina. He was your best pass rusher this year. Um, if there was one blight kind of, you know, for Tech, it was, you know, their defense and how many points that they gave up. You know, and I'm not telling you to get into detail on this because, again, we still got portals that are being figured out. We still got, you know, incoming freshmen and this, that, and the other and transfer. I mean, there's so many things that can change about rosters in today's college football. But, you know, you're starting a little bit behind the eight ball as far as your defense goes. Can can that unit – I mean, that unit is – if you're going to talk about Tech being toward the next level – that's the unit that's got to get better because their offensive quarterback and their offensive line look to be, you know, terrific. But you got to get that defense, you know, to to be, I don't want to say, you know, competent. But I mean, they got they got to be better than than they were this year. I mean, there's no doubt that that's what's holding back this team from being, <clears throat> excuse me, seven and six to being a contender for an ACC championship. Um, Brent Key demoted Andrew Thacker from defensive coordinator, moved him to safeties coach. Then before the bowl game, he moves Stacker and Tavares Tillman, the cornerbacks coach, off the field. So already he's looking to hire <clears throat> two defensive assistants. What's he going to do with his defensive coordinator, Kevin Shearer? Is he going to keep them in that role or, or move them back to linebackers coach and, and have a whole new defense? Um, you know, you've got Paul Moala, a linebacker who graduated. Um, you've got some other uh, key, Miles Sims, a, a starting cornerback who's graduating. Jalen King at safety is graduating. So you've already lost, you know, three, five, six guys off this defense that wasn't that great to begin with. And like you said, they, they don't have to be the steel curtain. I mean, this doesn't have to be the best defense in the country, but they just got to be marginally better. I mean, they were they were terrible against the run, couldn't get off the field on third down, and they still won seven games. So just think if they made just the slightest improvements, that win total, one would believe, would have to go up. Um, so they got to figure out some things there, whether it's through the transfer portal, whether it's through re- rec- recruiting, all of the above, getting better coaches in, trying to shore up this defense. Because, again, with, with everything they got coming back offensively, with Haynes King, the offensive line, running back Jamal Haynes, wide receiver Eric Singleton, the list goes on. Uh, the coach, Buster Faulkner, uh, Chris Winkie, the quarterback's coach. I mean, they got it all lined up to have an outstanding offense. But it's not going to matter a lot if they can't figure out how to fix that defense. This is kind of a convoluted question. It's going to be my last question. You know, I, and I know this is before your time, but, you know, I, I've always said that ACC expansion was not good for Georgia Tech basketball. Like when the league expanded and brought Louisville and, you know, Syracuse and, and teams like that in, that was not, that turned out to be very bad for Tech. Like Tech really moved down in the pecking order, and then when they couldn't recruit and, and they just couldn't find the right coaches, like ACC basketball expansion has done this, has done Georgia Tech no favors. When you look at no divisional play anymore, how do you think moving forward this shakes out for a program like Tech? Like, do you think it's a benefit for Tech without division play? Or, again, could it be a detriment for them, you know, trying to find a way to win an ACC title? Uh, I, I don't 
know if it's either A or B, honestly. Um, you, you know, I, I think w- with conferences becoming mega, right, and, and teams – there's going to be 12 teams yeah. going to yeah. the playoffs. Let, 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 me say, let me say, assuming that there is an ACC moving forward yeah. in a few years, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You know, are they, are they going to be in, I don't know, is it going to be called Division One football anymore? Right. Who knows, right? Yeah, so so I, I sort of take that into consideration, right? Like, you know, to, to me it was so many teams squeezing into these, you know, tiny four spots. And now we got a 12-team playoff. You know, if you finish third in the ACC, maybe some years maybe that gets you into the 12-team. Maybe if you finish second – um, you know, you're fine. Maybe you don't necessarily have to win a division. I mean, you know, look at a lot of the conferences this year and getting, you know, a couple teams in the in the top five, top ten of the college football playoff rankings. So, I, you know, I don't know if it affects Georgia Tech's program either way. I mean, I think this year, I don't know how the old Coastal Division looked, but I think there was some joke out there that, you know, Coastal Chaos still survived expansion because there were still so many teams fighting for that third, fourth, fifth place in the standings. Um, so, yeah, a team like Tech, I think, I don't know, maybe in the long run it probably helps them because there's this huge expansion in these mega conferences and there's no divisions. So nobody's going to really care if, if Georgia Tech performs well, whether they finish second or third in the ACC. If they're eligible for that 12-team playoff, you know, they're going to get it anyway. Chad Bishop, he's the Tech beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Check out all his great work at AJC.com. Follow him on his Twitter page, at Mr. Chad Bishop, and he joined me here on the WaitForIt.com hotline. Chad, my friend, appreciate uh, the time. Uh, thanks so much for being a part of the show, uh, you know, through the football season. We'll get you back on. We'll talk some basketball because, you know, again, this has been a, a, a real adventure for tech basketball over the last few years. So always appreciate the time, Chad, and thanks so much. All right, friend. See you later. Bye. You got it. When we come back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. No, Dom, she's not Yoko Ono. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, and the Odyssey.com app. Nights with John Chuckery. The number one show in America. Again! Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Buggin' Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. All right, well, well, we'll warm up for just a second here because Dom's a little, you know, trigger happy, a little quick draw McGraw. A little rusty. A yeah, little rusty. I mean, that's that's the benefits of being young. You can fire away quickly and not have any consequence for it. So, <laughs> anyway. Sports Radio, 92.9, The Game, back in the key studios. John Chuckery here hanging out with you. We'll uh, go to 10 o'clock uh, tonight, uh, as uh, always. Uh, 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part uh, of the show. So uh, we do have NFL football coming up uh, tomorrow night. Uh, What is the game? Uh, The Jets and the Browns, right? Listen, Browns have been really good this year. And and believe it or not, that's all without Deshaun Watson. You know, I mean, they've – Dorian Thompson – Joe Flacco. Who knew Flacco could still fling the ball around? Again, it's, you know, it's, I've talked about this before, the unintended consequences of things. Would Desmond Ritter have been a better quarterback if he could have had tutelage for a year or two under Matt Ryan? Sure feels like it. I mean. Sure feels like it. Because doesn't he play like Marcus Mariota? Yep. He plays like Marcus yep. Mariota. Yeah. And and that's the guy that mentored him. 
Now, again, people are like, oh, uh, you know, this, that. Okay, if you have Matt Ryan in the building and you're not listening to him, you I can promise you, you won't succeed. Like, you will never succeed. You, you won't do anything in the NFL if you think that you don't have to, you know, listen to anything Matt Ryan has to say. Because that guy is either going to the Hall of Fame or he's going to be right on the edge of being in the Hall of Fame. So there could have been a lot to learn for Desmond Ritter if he could have had Matt Ryan in the building for a year or two. They, they should have let, but again, I, and this was all Arthur Blank was, and this is the other narrative too that just, man, I mean, we talked about this in the flyover. Why, why are we still getting into the conversations about Lamar Jackson? Like, why are we still on these conversations? I, I, don't, I don't know what is so hard for people to understand that he was never a free agent. He was a restricted free agent that you would have to give up capital for. <clears throat> okay? Deshaun Watson wasn't a restricted free agent. The Browns just made a straight-up trade for him. That's what you'd have had to have done to get Deshaun Watson, is do a straight-up trade. He wasn't a, you can match an off. No, they just traded him. That relationship was no longer going to work. They traded him away. That wasn't the case with Baltimore. He was a restricted free agent who was never going to go anywhere. The head coach and the general manager stood up in front of gods and green earth at the combine and said, he will be a Raven moving forward. The only thing you could have done is set the table for what the Ravens were going to pay him because they would have matched any offer because nobody was going to give him fully guaranteed money. So whatever was offered they would have matched, and that would have been the marketplace set. And and Lamar Jackson would have had two choices, sign the Megalodon deal or sit out for the year. That would have been his two options. The only two options he had, sit out for the year, sign the contract with Baltimore. That was it. That was it. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. But people are still like, oh, well, the Falcons, Falcons came out and said they didn't want him at all. No, they didn't. Arthur Blank said he's a terrific quarterback. But again, the, the there was no reality in Lamar Jackson leaving. There was never an opportunity for him to leave. He was always under control to the Ravens. I don't care if they offered him. They were going to offer him whatever he wanted. And he would either sign the contract or he would not be playing in the NFL this year. Was one or the other. Anyway. Now, as to what's bugging Chuckery. This is this is this has become the funny story of the NFL. Okay. Now, Dom, I've said before, I, I I'm a I'm a Taylor Swift fan and, right. and I and I love the idea that that her and Travis Kelsey are a couple and and I got no I got no problem with it. They're young, they're in love. Like, I don't know how anybody could think this is bad. But now we've officially, people are moving into Taylor Swift is Yoko Ono. (laughs) Yeah, I've been seeing that. (laughs) And, and, 
They are like three and four since they publicly started I, dating. I understand. <laughs> do, do you know that their offense has not been – listen, he – to be fair, and at the end of the year, his numbers will look pretty good. He's yeah. not had a good year. Mm-hmm. And, and that was before Taylor Swift and all. Like, he's not had a good – and again, he's 34 years old. Yeah, and that offense, that offense in general has not is had a good not year. good. No, they're about seven. They're about a touchdown a game less this year than they were last year. Like literally a touchdown less per game year over year. That's a huge drop for what is arguably. Look, if you put Pat Mahomes in a draft, I said before he would be the number one pick of every. If you could start every franchise over in the league. You draft Pat Mahomes number one. He's the best player in the NFL. And they're still leading their division with a chance to wrap it up and all this stuff. And they'll still be a, a tough out in the playoffs, but they have not had a good year. That's nothing on Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey's a 34-year-old tight end. He is the best tight end in football, no doubt. And Kittle's probably right behind him. Where's Kyle Pitts? Where, where's – oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, he's the who's that unicorn? Michael Pruitt. Okay. (laughs) Again, but people are just taking this to the extreme. And and now there's like becoming genuine hate. Look, you know, who's the happiest person in all of this stuff? Brittany Mahomes, because now (laughs) she's not the most hated person. Absolutely. Because everybody hated her until Taylor Swift came along. Yeah. And now everybody hates Taylor Swift. Now all the Chiefs fans, you know, they hate Taylor Swift and she's Yoko Ono and all this kind of stuff. But let me tell you, I, I, I've, I, Dom, I've, I've preached this story before. Right. The funniest thing on planet Earth of all time is when Yoko Ono <clears throat> met John Lennon at the art gallery and talked with him and then they, you know, obviously developed their relationship from there. She has always claimed that she had no idea who John Lennon was. Okay, in 1965, <laughs> let me, Dom, listen to me. In 1965 or six or whatever the year was, yeah. he was the most famous person on planet Earth. He was more famous and popular than the Pope, than the President of the United States. He was literally the single most recognizable human being on planet Earth, more famous than anybody on Earth. There was literally not a human being alive more famous than John Lennon in 65, 66, whatever year he met Yoko Floco. <laughs> yeah, I, that that's like a... Well, even that, this statement wasn't as ridiculous. Like when Simone Biles' husband was like, he didn't know who she was. Right. It's it's like that, but way worse. Because yes. who doesn't know who John Lennon is? Exactly. But again, <laughs> it, in that time period, he was the most famous human being on planet Earth. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> but anyway. Um, but she's not Yoko Ono. Like, all she does is go to the games and root for him and they go out, and, you know, again, she's staying at his house over the holidays. But she's been on tour most of the time. That right. they, I mean, <laughs> I mean, again, other than this, like, month and a half or month or whatever, she's been on tour. And, by the way, she's about to go back on tour. Like, her, her tour cranks back up in, what, January, February? 
She's yeah. back. She's back overseas and then comes back here. Um, yep. Never not working. Yeah. Because she's a billionaire now. Because she's making billions of dollars. The highest grossing tour in the world history. The, the history of the world is the highest grossing tour ever. Like, this was a, a huge year for tours and music. Beyonce, hers. She's made hundreds of millions of dollars by releasing that movie. Because she worked out a deal yes. with the theater. She yes. worked out a deal with AMC. Yeah. And she's made hundreds of millions of dollars just from that. Genius, man. Yes. And Genius. everybody, and guess what? They're all going to do it. They're, they're all going to go the same way. But anyway, she's not Yoko Ono. Like, the Chiefs' problems are not because Taylor Swift has all of a sudden decided to start dating Travis Kelsey. No, no. They, 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 these issues are issues they've been having all season. Yes. They were there before Taylor Swift got there. And if they don't figure something out, they're going to be there regardless. If, if Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey broke up today, again, he's still on pace to have good numbers, but not Travis Kelsey-like numbers because he's about to be 35 years old. He's about to be a 35-year-old player in the NFL, running around and doing the things that he does. And I understand, like I said, he's the he's still the best tight end in the NFL, probably by a lot. Like, yeah. George Kittle is really good. Yes. Like, really good. Okay? Where's Kyle Pitt? Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, didn't we draft a guy higher than any? Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but Kelsey's still – Better than Kittle. And for all of his downsides about being 34 and he's been injured and beat up, he's still on pace to have seven touchdowns and a thousand yards. I'd kill to have that. Give me, yeah, give me, let me tell you, it's not the 1,500 yards and a dozen touchdowns. Right. And by the way, he was first team all pro without Pat Mahomes. You know that, folks, right? Mm-hmm. When he had Alex Smith. He was still, still doing it. first team all pro. Not pro bowl. He was a two-time pro bowler, but he's still first team all pro. Anyway, but she's not Yoko Ono. It's ridiculous. Again, Chiefs fans, and I know that they're not used to losing. I know that they're not used to everything just not falling into their lap. But you know what? The AFC is really good this year. There's a lot of good teams this year. Yeah. The Dolphins and the and the Buffalo Bills and the Ravens and the Browns. Like, the AFC is loaded for bear this year. It ain't like the NFC. It's not like the NFC South with the lowest winning percentage for a division in NFL history. All right, when we get back to the top of the hour, we will react to the interview with Dukes and Bell and Coach Arthur Smith. We'll play clips and react to it. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.